Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here are your hosts, Garrett Cars and Annika Carter. This week on the podcast, we are joined by Renee Dryling to continue our study on 1 John chapter 2. If you missed our previous studies, check out our show notes for the previous Encounter messages and podcast episode. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again today for our continuation of our First John series. If you missed Encounter this past week, feel free to click the link in our description here and go ahead and follow that over to our YouTube channel. You can watch the uh, first two weeks of the series um, and go ahead and uh, visit our last week's podcast episode as well, where we ta- talk with Matt um, and discuss the first four verses in First John. So today, we're going to be continuing that series with the lovely Renee, who is joining us today. Yeah. Resident Bible genius, Renee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. At least married to one. Happen, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, these are Matt's notes. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Does he have good handwriting? You, no. Can you read it? No. Oh, really? No. See, I'm like the opposite. I have great handwriting, Talia. She like you can't really read. I wouldn't her stuff. say you have great handwriting. I've seen it. <laughs> what? It's average. It's not bad. It's for good a man? for a guy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I have high standards. Anyways, <laughs> sheesh. Can't get any I'm love around already. here. Right. Yeah. I'll see you guys next week. Second, <laughs> second episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. See you next week. <laughs> see, see you later. But so we're going to go ahead and um, read a little bit of what we're going to be covering. It's going to be a lot of scripture this week. So mm-hmm. um, feel free to go ahead and pull out your Bibles um, and sit and read with us. If you're driving, please don't do that. Um, but we're going to go ahead and read the first few verses, kind of discuss that, and then we'll read the next chunk and continue on through that episode. Yeah. So. Beginning in John chapter 2, verse 12, I am writing to you, dear children, because of your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Yeah, so I, I think it's interesting kind of right here in the middle of chapter two that he, this is kind of where he actually puts the reasons for writing. Mm-hmm. Like we said in the podcast last week that it was like, hey, we don't really get the the niceties at the beginning, but right here in the middle, it's kind of like, hey, we've gotten through some of, um, some of these theological disputes, you know, and we're gonna talk about... Um, First John 2, the beginning of this chapter at Encounter on Wednesday. And so just super interesting that right here we see that he be kind of gives this like um, picture of the reasons that he's writing for for us. And I honestly, I love like, I, I, first off, I love John, just the way he writes. Mm-hmm. It's so like pi- picturesque, like just beautiful writing. Um, but the one thing that I wanted to mention about this section, these couple of verses, is that there's actually some people who teach that there's actually three levels of maturity, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hey, 
John is addressing three levels of maturity and it's not the age of the people. And so it's just interesting that like people will take this and and if you just read it out of context, mm-hmm. um, that you could see that, right? You could see like children, young men and goes up the ladder. Fathers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and fathers. And so you could see that kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that would make sense. But we actually know that this isn't the way that this should be addressed because he uses children to, to address the entire audience throughout the book. Mm-hmm. So if you throw the baby out with the bathwater, you look at these three verses just by themselves, we can say, oh yeah, we have these three levels of maturity. And then we can use a step stool system of like, we have right. to achieve these different levels or at the, we, and I just think we have to be careful with that type of stuff um, because we don't want to take things out of context. And we really have to understand like what is going on. And if honestly, if John didn't use children to address everybody, the entirety of his audience, then I could see where, well, maybe he was talking about that. But because he does that, um, I think that we have to be careful if if we do hear teachings about levels of maturity with that. Not that we don't. And I do think there are verses in scripture that say, you know, like yeah, you're infant, maturity. you're still <laughs> drinking milk, like you're not ready for solid food. So not that that isn't, but this isn't a passage. This These verses aren't specifically a, a you know, addressing those those level of, of maturity. But what I love about these verses is that for me, it all points to intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I just, I think for me, it's just interesting. Like I'm writing to you because I want you to be intimate with God. Mm-hmm. I, I'm writing you because your sins have been forgiven, that you know him, that you've overcome the evil one. You know the father, you know him who's from the beginning because you are strong. You've overcome the evil one. I feel like he's getting fired up saying like, this yeah. is who you are. You know the truth. This is who you are. You, If you're a father, if you're a young man, it, it, children, listen, you know who you are. You know that you have the truth. And it's just like this encouragement for a vision of, and, and it's, I love how it ends. It's like, because you've overcome because Christ in you. Mm-hmm. Like we can overcome all these issues that we've had with these false teachers, with everything that's going on in our church, with people trying to divide us because Christ lives inside of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like this, I don't know, I, I start reading and I start getting all fired up because it's points to intimacy with Jesus. It points to the fact that we can overcome, not because of our own strength or anything that we can do, but because of Christ living, living inside of us. Sure. Well, and you know that John often in the book is contrasting so many things. And I think, you know, he's also speaking to the assurance that these believers have, like you can be sure that you have salvation that you believe by these things. And in this, you know, that's something that Matt and I were talking about, something he pointed out to me when we were preparing for the podcast. You know, he said he's he's writing to everyone, Christians in general. Um, you know, you believe, you know him. You know, he's speaking, like you said, very matter of fact, you have overcome, you know the Father, you know him, you are strong. The word of God abides in you. You have overcome the evil one. And um, just reassuring to the readers, to the Christians that he's writing to, that you know him. And to know him, you know, in the Greek, in this, in these verses, to know him meant you walked in obedience. So mm-hmm. that's one way you can test whether or not you are actually following, if you are a believer, is that are you walking in obedience to God? Are you just hearing the word or are you actually walking it out in your everyday life? And, you know, I know this doesn't attest to, um, the different levels of spiritual maturity. But I love that he's addressing those three levels because we're all at a different stage yeah. in, in our walks, you know, and 
And there is no level because, I mean, God's the only one that can determine where we're at. We're all, yeah. all of our walks are going to look different, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter where Annika is or where you are, or where I am. That doesn't depend on our salvation. Our yeah, salvation begins, you know, at the moment that we accept Christ in our hearts. And it doesn't matter how much knowledge we have. It's, it's what we do with the knowledge that we do have. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I say that correctly. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's just a picture of like, we all have the gospel. Like we all know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter where you are. And that's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. I love that. So the next couple verses here are 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Ouch. For <laughs> <laughs> For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of the life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's powerful verses. <laughs> yeah yeah just interesting you know like he kind of it's like oh encouraging encouragement and then just boom drops a bomb it's like okay (laughs) enough of enough of this it's like that was fun for a short while now let's get back to business (laughs) right seriously and i think that this for me it's this picture of um it's not this uh, condemnation but it's a picture of of kind of what you just mentioned is like if we are in love with Jesus we'll be walking out the will of Jesus mm-hmm. we'll be walking in obedience mm-hmm. to Jesus and for me it it really is it's this god changing our desires from loving the world towards loving him and his design for life mm-hmm. and so that's why i think john is really doing and saying it's like hey don't love the world anything of the world if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in them what he's saying is if we love the world we're probably not saved Mm -hmm. like and obviously we still struggle with worldly desires we struggle with sin we struggle with all this stuff Um, but what he's saying is like loving the world is not from god it's from the enemy and if you love god then your desire for the world will be radically changed Mm -hmm. yeah i really like the the use of the word to lust because i think that shows a very like accurate picture of what it means if you're really living for the world you lust after it you desire it, you reach and call for it right you're actively seeking out and pursuing right mm-hmm. and even if we're actively seeking out and pursuing christ if we falter but our desire is here god sees our heart more than when we falter and we fail right and so that deep desire in our heart and that calling towards what god is asking us to walk in that righteousness then that is that is that signifier like, okay, I am desiring God, but I'm faltering versus like, I don't really care what God is thinking or saying, right? Then that's the mark of someone who maybe isn't pursuing their life with Christ. Sure, sure. It goes back to Galatians 5, you know, the works of the flesh versus the fruits of the spirit. And I think um, so many of the works of the flesh, we can relate to, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Um, you know, when you look at Galatians 5 and he talks about the works of the flesh, you know, we are all going to fall into sin, but it's a matter of if we practice kind of like what you were mm-hmm. saying, Annika, like, you know, yeah, we're going to sin, but is it, do we have that conviction and do we turn from it? Do we, mm-hmm. you know, are we practicing living these ways or are we actually really striving to live as a child of God? Um, and, you know, the the works of the flesh, you know, we can ask ourselves, how are, how do we know? I think it's another one of those assurances that John is giving us. Um, you know, when he talks about these things, don't love the world, love, you know, 
what the world says, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Um, you know, I think it's another assurance to us when we look back at Galatians and we can see the works of the flesh, like sexual immorality, impurity, envy, jealousy. You know, when we see those things in ourselves, are we are we are we continuing down that road or do we identify them and go the other way? Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of what he's talking about here, um, we've seen, you know, this is how we are tempted every single day. In fact, um, Pastor Branch just spoke about um, being in the world but not of the world today in in, in, um, in his sermon. And um, we have – we can ask ourselves – I mean, we're going to be tempted because Satan is a ruler of this world. And so we can ask ourselves, well, what do we do when we do encounter that temptation? And, you know, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life goes clear back to Genesis 3. We see it with with, mm-hmm. with Eve in the garden. And, you know, the the devil tempted her with <clears throat> what what looked good, what what she was hungering for and what appeared to be good. And she thought, well, I want to be like God. You know, he attested to all those things. He he tempted her with all of those things and she fell. And then we see in Matthew 4 how Jesus is tempted with all of the same things, but yet he was able to combat them with the word of God. And so being able to to renew our minds and to identify what is what are those areas of our lives and being able to combat them with what the word teaches us you know being in the world but not of the world renewing our mind you know um just not straying from what god tells us how god tells us to live but i think it's just that an, another assurance that that john was giving us here and he ends it with you know do not love the world cuz the world is passing away yeah. those things that we lust after we can't take them with us. They're not doing us any good. Um, but, you know, love the eternal, work for the eternal, and that's where, you know, your joy will be complete. Yeah. That last verse reminds me a lot of Ecclesiastes. It feels like it could be taken from Ecclesiastes because yeah. it's very just like everything here is fleeting, it, even if it's good, even yes. if it could be pleasing, right? It's still fleeting. And the only thing that's eternal is Christ and his will and his His. uh righteousness so pursue that right over the things of the world okay so the next uh few verses here verses 18 through 27 dear children this is the last hour and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come this is how we know that this is the last hour they went out from us but they did not really belong to us For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you who know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you... The anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught in you, remain in him. 
Wow. That was a lot. <clears throat> that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. And and it's just it's packed full with a lot. I th- I honestly think <laughs> we could we could like literally talk about this for a couple weeks and a couple series probably, but just wanted to um, touch on a few things. I think that there is a lot. And I think that for me, at least when you get to this part of, of first John, you're like, Oh, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. And then he throws out this word antichrist and the last hour. And it's like, Holy, Holy cow, things got real. What is going on? <laughs> this is, this is kind of crazy. And so I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. The first one is his, his phrasing the last hour. Right. And I think this is something that I just wanted to talk about on the podcast. Cause I, can, I think it can get a little confusing, um, especially like whenever we start talking about in times like people get weird yeah they do you know and it's like oh we have to hoard everything you know like we just like it just i don't know what happens in our brains but like people just get funky Mm -hmm. like something happens and so i think that i just i don't want us (laughs) to go down that road and be weird but the truth is is like a lot of times it was used as a figure of speech throughout the Bible. So we we talk about the last days, the end of times, the last hours. Most of the time it was this figure of speech that's used throughout the Bible. It can be described in different ways, mm-hmm. but it's not a specific time frame. Right. So when we think of last hour, I'm like sitting here listening to you reading. I'm like, man, I can remember the last hour in high school and I was so ready <laughs> to get out of class, you know, like, oh, that'll preach. And, uh, uh, but it's not a specific time frame. So, um, and, and the truth is scripture actually says that Jesus doesn't even know the end of times. Like it says that we won't know when the time is coming until it happens. Jesus doesn't actually even know when the end will come. Only the father knows these things. And so we have to be kind of careful, but uh, the last days, the last hour, all of this is spoken throughout scripture. There's passages in Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 10, Hebrews 1, Hebrews 9, 1 Peter 1, and there are very, like there's so many more um, that will happen because because of all of this. And so just wanted to highlight that this isn't, like this is a normal thing in scripture. It's not just this like weird thing that we read about as we read the final book of our reading guide, you <laughs> read the Bible in a year or whatever, like we go through Revelation and like, this is something that, that even Jesus talked about, like Jesus talked about in the gospels. And so it's just this, we have to be aware that we are we are actually living in the last hour. We're we're living in the the end of times. That does not mean that at the end of this it's podcast, tomorrow. Jesus is coming back because we spent an hour trying to record this thing. Um, and so we don't necessarily know, but I think John's preparing us for saying, hey, we're, it's the last hour. Mm-hmm. And, and then uses this word antichrist, right? And so um, this is also just a word that makes people weird. You know, like I just, it, and we start saying like, oh, this person or that person or whatever. And it just is like, whatever. But I think, honestly, for me, looking at this, John really helps us understand what he's talking about when he's mm-hmm. talking about the Antichrist. He actually says it in these verses. He says, anyone who denies Jesus, his divine nature, and his work on the cross. So anyone who does those things is is somebody he would call an antichrist. And so really it's not this scary, you know, passage, but John's just helping us understand, hey, this is what's going on. We're in the last hour. And as as time continues on, I always tell people we're one day closer to the end. Yep. 
we're one day closer, we're one day closer to the end of times. Um, but, and, and I think we should be prepared for those and we should be, um, anticipating Jesus's return. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I keep telling, I get this question a lot from young adults. It's like they, they read scripture and they're so scared. And I'm like, everybody thought that their generation was going to be the last generation. Like everybody thought, and can you imagine, like, I always tell them, imagine living through the world wars, like, I think if you were living through those times, you could have literally sat down and read your Bible and be like, yep, it's happening. <laughs> this, this is it, it you yeah. know? And so um, we're, we're, it's just a saying, hey, recognize the times, but, and these are going to happen. Antichrists are going to come. People who are denying Jesus, his work on the cross are going to come, but stand <laughs> for the truth, stand in and stand firm in, in your salvation. Yeah. And I think just another assurance against these people, these antichrists, you know, anything that is in opposition to God and and his beliefs. Um, just another assurance he says here is, you know, you have been anointed by the Holy One. You have all knowledge. Like yep. he's saying you have what you need to combat yep. these antichrists, you yep. know. Mm-hmm. Um, one a sentence that I like in here is verse 24. He says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. Yeah. You know, he's taking it back to you know, even the beginning of this chapter, you have seen, you have heard, you know, you know, don't let these antichrists sway you in the opposite direction. Yeah. 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 That's really good. And I think I, I love this. I love this section because he's really helping us understand like what's, what's actually going on. I actually think he's saying, Hey, all this stuff that's happening in our church, this is why this is what's happening. It's just like this descriptive thing of like, Hey, here's, here's what's going on. And he talks about the anointing. And really, um, for those of you who, who might not be aware, like that word really means the Holy spirit. Like Mm -hmm. we have the Holy spirit, we have the anointing. And what I love about this is he's actually continuing to combat the false teachers because what he's saying is that you don't need a new teaching. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. have what you've heard from the yes. beginning Amen. is the truth and you right. don't need anything else. And he says that the anointing that you received is not a counterfeit, like it's the truth. Right. You don't need somebody else to teach you a new thing. And I can remember this, this pastor I was listening to, he said he was sitting in um, a Bible teaching class and this, uh, the teacher stood up and said, hey, you know, when people preach, what is something that you want to hear? And it was this kind of like, hey, let's just have a, you know, icebreaker. And right. he said, the girl next to him said, I want to hear something new. And he said, my hand immediately shot up. And he said, the, he said, I want to hear something true. And I thought that was such a good illustration for this passage, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think it's even for us. Like, I think even for me, when I get up and preach, there's this like, I don't know, yes. weird, this like weird thing. Like, I got to say something new. I got to say something right. fresh. Something heard yes. Already. You know, and, and like, I, I feel like I finally gotten over that hump to where, I, where I've been more like the pastor who shot his hand up and said, no, I need to preach something that's mm-hmm. true. And I think that's really what the list, the audience that John was talking to, he was saying like, these people are saying a new thing and we have to be really careful because a lot of times a new thing is a heretical thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, or it's a false, it's a false thing. And so he, he says, you know, as for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. You do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as is taught you remain in him. So just mm-hmm. interesting, right? It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything that you need, right. and you have everything you need to combat 
these the antichrist who are who are denying Jesus's divine nature and his work on the cross. So just super interesting. Yeah, and I love how you said, you know, like don't be surprised, kind of like John is. Like, don't be surprised that there's these antichrists. And, you know, I was listening to a message to prepare for this podcast, and the pastor said, um, you know, the very fact that the whole world is against the teachings of God, against God, the, the idea of God itself, attests to the very essence of his nature. They wouldn't be so um, threatened if he wasn't if he wasn't the true God, mm. does that make sense? Like there's something within us, you know, Romans one tells us that we are created in the image of God that we have, you know, we are, in, we are his image bearers. And so we have that, um, that, uh, longing for him, but yet the world is so against him and, and don't be surprised by that because if, if he wasn't real, there wouldn't be so much, there wouldn't be so much threat. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I think that's, I thought good. that was really good. Yeah. That it was is. just really powerful. I think for me, at least, um, there's one in verse 19, it says they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just interesting because he's combating those, those false teachers who were, who are coming, trying to infiltrate the church and just saying like, Hey, if they, if once he put his foot down, he said, this is, this is the truth of the gospel. If they would have, if they were from us, if they were in fellowship with us, they would have remained for, from, like with us. Mm-hmm. And so just an interesting way to kind of describe what's going on as well is just saying, hey, the, we, we're here, we're together, we're unified around the gospel. And if people leave because we're unifying around the gospel, it's actually because they didn't belong to us in the mm-hmm. first place. And so he's really just saying like, it's okay. This is the truth. We're centered around the truth of the gospel and we have to understand like, we're okay. And we have the Holy Spirit to help us. Mm-hmm. And I think the last thing in this section that I was thinking about was, you know, nobody wants to think about end times. You know, we get we get all weird when we think about it. But it's something we really need to think about. It's something that we need to be cognizant of is, you know, you know, there's that that sign on interstate, you know, if you were to die today, where would you go? But that's a question we need to ask ourselves. You know, you have to be ready. And I think that's why God didn't tell us when he's going to come back because obviously we would, in our sinful nature, yeah, we would just do whatever we wanted to do until it was time for him to come show up and then be like, oh, I was behaving, you know? And so I think it's something that we don't, and you know, for instance, um, it's somebody brought up to me that um, it's funny that cemeteries used to be in the center of town and now they're kind of on the outside of town to where you don't see them as much. And here in Hayes, we have one right in town, but I drive by it all the time and I never think about okay, what if today was my last day? You know, I think we need that that eternal perspective all yeah. the time. And I think that serves as a reminder of, you know, am I living for today or yeah. for eternity? So, Okay, so the next uh, couple verses here, verses 28 and 29. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Yeah, Renee stole my my uh, quotes just a second ago oh, for sorry. these verses. So <laughs> she's got ahead of herself. I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, jeez. No, I, I think what you were saying was right. And that's actually why I didn't chime in. I was like, oh, I'm going to wait until Annika reads these verses. But because yeah. I think that's exactly what he's saying at the end of this yeah. chapter is saying, hey, the end is coming. It's okay. Um, you know, be confident. Like you, like continue in him and be, and so you can be confident. You're unashamed. And then he kind of doubles down again ab- about obedience. Like, you know, that every 
everyone who does what is right has been born of him saying, hey, we can tell who uh, people by the fruit, right? If, if they're following Jesus, this is the way they're going to live mm-hmm. their life. But what I, I think it's just interesting that he was saying, um, like, it's okay. Then times are coming, um, but continue to live the way that God has called us to live because there's a time where we will be unashamed and we'll re- we'll, it'll be one of these things. It's not scary, but it's actually a glorious yeah. yes. day mm-hmm. yeah. for Jesus to come back. And so, I, and I thought, I thought for me, it was just this interesting, the way he ended this passage, because I think a lot of us, if he didn't end this kind of this way, I'd be like, oh, I, I can understand people having a little anxiety or insecurity mm-hmm. about this passage. But what I think this passage is saying is that it's letting us uh, know that the answer to um, false teachers, the answer to not loving the world is that uh, is the word of God and the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And I think what John is telling us is that we should let the word of God abide in us and that we should abide in the spirit of mm-hmm. God. And that is the way that we are called to live. Yeah. And I think just that assurance again, once again, like you said, he's given us the Holy Spirit to attest to our salvation. So we don't need to fear. And later in first John, he talks about, you know, love, um, you know, perfect love casts out that fear of knowing where we're going. We have that assurance as believers um, because of the anointing that he's given us. Yeah. And the true joy of, I mean, not that, you know, we maybe know as much as we would like to know about heaven, but we do know of the joy and the completion that comes with heaven. Mm-hmm. So not even just, you know, I die and I don't go to hell, but I die and I experience God's complete and holy, like him right in front of me, right there, the fullness of God right there. And so I think there's like a lot of joy that actually comes from just knowing that we will be able to experience all that God has for us, even if we may not know what that is. If we truly trust and know who he is, then we know that that will be full and immeasurable and incomparable joy. Mm -hmm. And so there's that gratitude of just like, God, I'm thankful. And it gives us this holy like unrest to now pursue others now because we don't know when God will return. And so without that like unrighteous or without that righteous unrest, then maybe we would sit and lounge, but we actually get to experience that joy and we want others to be able to see that joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Renee, for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, listeners, be sure to tune back in next time and we will continue the series on 1 John. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to come back for the next part of our 1 John series. (laughs) 